turn and greet your neighbor. Greetings. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Thanksgiving. If you arrived here today with the Bible, go ahead and turn it to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And is, as is our tradition, I am going to give an abbreviated service here this morning. And it's all intended just to set the tone that we would recognize, as I said in my prayer, the Lord from whom God has, or the God from whom has blessed us, and, and just remembering from where those blessings come from. We had started our church back in September of 1998. We have our midweek on Thursday night. Thanksgiving was approaching, and I was asked if we were going to cancel our service, and I thought, well, that makes sense because, you know, most people will be with family and friends, but then the Lord just impressed upon my heart that we should gather together at the beginning of the day before we got busy in our days and just take this time to worship the Lord and to offer appreciation before God. And it's just kind of become part of the traditions. Well, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, well, actually a little bit before that, the Apostle Paul, well, in, in chapter 5, he does give a series of pastoral commands. We can so classify commands in the Old Testament, but God has give, uh, given us directives in the New Testament as well. Now, the Apostle Paul, in finishing this first epistle, to the church at Thessalonica, he does so with a definite purpose. If you look over in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you have received from us, how you also to walk or to live your life and to please God. Well, as with most pastors, Paul goes off on a tangent throughout the remainder of chapter 4. Valuable information, don't get me wrong, some rich end-time theology, but he gets back to this concept on how to be well-pleasing to God. And he comes to that section of Scripture that he, he gives those short pastoral commands. It says in verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Now we exhort you, now he's encouraging us, Brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil to anyone, evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And so what I want to focus upon, well, at the end of verse 15, you notice the translators put a period after and for all. And so I want to focus on verses 16 through 18 because he says that those things are the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so I believe it's important that we understand what the will of God in Christ Jesus is for us. And there's three features that are here. This list is not meant to be all-inclusive, without a doubt, but very related, relatable to today and to what we're celebrating today. So, a Christian, 
a Christian who desires to be well-pleasing to God, especially on a Thanksgiving day, we see in verse 16, should be joyful. We see in verse 17, should be prayerful. And verse 18, should be thankful. All appreciation based upon what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. Now, this is not all that we are to be, but we are to at least be these three, and these three are to be based upon, again, the works of God. So, the earmark of joy, is the earmark of joy seen upon your life as you come to understand the magnitude of your salvation? That I was destined for destruction, but God reached down into the lives of mankind and saved our soul? Is the earmark of prayer seen within your life as you understand the magnitude of the care that God has for you? That God does desire to hear your prayers and wants to hear the desires of your heart, wants to minister to you in the midst of the situations and circumstances of your life? And then is the earmark of a thankful spirit seen through you as you understand the magnitude of the grace that God has given you? See, recognition of God's goodness towards man, it demands acknowledgement, but it also demands appreciation. We can so easily take for granted God and everything that he's done, has done, and, and will do. We can just take for granted that we're all going to heaven and we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But have you taken time to truly, and this is a quiet time between you and the Lord, to appreciate these things? As a man, I work hard and have all of my marriage and provided for my family and you don't ask for anything back but you desire to have that appreciation not that you do it for that but when there's that recognition there's something special about that we're made in the image of god how much more so should we be appreciative of the things that god has done especially the magnitude of what god has done so appreciation should be expressed in proportion to a gift given or a deed that has been done. So when it comes to grace, you must consider, how thankful are you? How appreciative are you? Look at the magnitude of the grace of God, again, that saved our soul and has altered the course of our life. How, how much appreciation have you given to God? Just the offering of thanks. Again, this is in the quiet time. Corporate time, sure, but definitely so much more so in the quiet time to truly realize what God has done and is doing in my life and, and how undeserving that I have been of that. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, as I've mentioned before, my wife has mentioned quite often, I'm a project. I'm a work in progress. We all are. God's doing that good work within our lives. And it's that good work that at times we can so easily take for granted. We need to take that time during our prayer time, during all the time, to remember the goodness that he's bestowing upon us, the maturity that he's bringing into our lives, and learn to offer that thanks to the Lord. And it's not just a thank you, but a deep appreciation of our heart that realizes the power that God has and how he has chosen to direct that power towards our growth and towards our well-being. 
when we are told we are his workmanship, the idea is a finished product ready for use. The word workmanship is poema, which we get our word for poem. This means that God is doing this great work, this this artistic work in and through our lives to produce a life that in his sight is a thing of beauty. And the magnitude of grace pointed this out before, but again in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, just to understand the degree of grace that has been bestowed upon us, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. So this work that God does for us, first of all, this great work of grace is for our salvation, pretty obvious here. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. It also has to do not just with our salvation, but also our sanctification, the teaching and training and maturity of a Christian life. It says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is the work that God does through us for salvation, sanctification, but also to serve him to be able to serve him, because that's an outward expression of the appreciation that dwells in our hearts, that as God has been Lord of our lives and he's done so much and he's called us into this great work of ministry, that I would be of that mindset of being a servant for the Lord Jesus Christ, that those around me, that through that spirit of appreciation, they would realize the magnitude of what God's done in my life and the magnitude of what God is able to do in their life. Important to acknowledge that, that not only did Christ die to save me, he also died to sanctify me and also died that I would serve him. And that lends power behind those things that God is doing. He's not just saving me, sanctifying me, or preparing me for service. He died so that I would be prepared for those good works. We need to acknowledge these things through obedience, through a diligence, and also through a thankfulness. Look at King David. King David understood the magnitude of this new work that God was doing, that God wanted to build the temple, and how God desired to use David. And David just had this outward expression of his heart when he realized the desire of God of the universe, God of that world, God of the nations, and he so desired to dwell within, you know, King David from his perspective, from our nation. And and again, you should have that same expression within your heart as you are reminded that the Lord God, through the Holy Spirit, dwells inside of you, an occurrence that happened on the day of your salvation. But do you have the same expression of thanks that King David does in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 15? Now again, just look at the heart of David. The Holy Spirit is impressed upon his heart to write these things. Verse 10, Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, this wasn't something done in private, it wasn't something done in the quietness of his heart, but what God had done in the quietness of his heart, he's expressing for all to see. He said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven as in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. 
Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and your own we have given you. Of your own we have given you. And for we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all of our fathers, our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Apart from God, it was a desperate situation, but now David's just looking and realizing everything that God has done. Learn to be a people. You're never going to be truly appreciative until you learn to be a person that counts your blessings. And the only way that you're ever going to be able to count your blessings is to recognize your blessings. Now, blessings aren't just blessings. They're not just things. They're how the hand of God has moved in your life. The first blessing that we've got to understand and come to recognize throughout all of our lives is our salvation. You've got to understand the miracle that God worked in your life to bring salvation and to foster this relationship with you. You've got to thank God daily for that because as you're thanking God daily for that, you're re-examining it and re-recognizing it yourself. And then how, as I said earlier, and again, King David, that God does dwell with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Think of the magnitude of that promise. That promise. God says to you as an individual, he didn't say y'all, he says to you, it's to an individual, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God watches over me and protects me. And then also thank him from what Jesus said, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, that was for you all. That was for everybody, and so we're included within that. And so these are amazing things that God has done, amazing things that reverberate throughout a person's existence here on earth and even through into heaven. How appreciative should we be? How appreciative ought we be based upon what God has done and the promises that God has given us? He didn't just do these things. He did these things openly in a public way that have real impact upon lives. So how does the Bible address a spirit of thankfulness that should be well-pleasing to God? Well, this morning we're going to see the biblical necessity to be thankful through three things. A directive, a dynamic, and a doctrine. First is the directive. I'm back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll be looking at verse 18. It says, in everything, the directive in everything give thanks if a thankful spirit is a mark of god's grace then is there ever a time when a born-again believer would not be thankful now there's times in our lives that it escapes us times in our lives that we allow situations and circumstances to get the better of us but all in all we need to be thankful throughout well, the totality of our life what are we to be thankful for everything I remember my wife was reading the life of Corey Tin Boom, and she came upon the part as they were in a prison camp. She was in a prison camp with her sister who perished in that camp. But her and her sister were praying one day, and her sister was thanking God for the lice. It was infested with lice. And Corey was thinking, how in the world can she thank God for this lice that's just a plague upon our lives? Well, the sister didn't understand and didn't know, but she just understood that all things come from God, and she was just thanking God. She was looking to just for whatever it might be to, to thank the Lord and how the Lord may use things that are even beyond her imaginations. 
things that may seem to be a plague in our lives can really turn out to be blessings in our lives. And she found out later on, this was years later, and she met one of the prison guards. And see, during all that time, they were able to have Bible studies in their barracks there. And she mentioned that to a guard and says, yeah, you never caught us. You never came in and stopped us. He goes, well, we'd never go into those barracks. They're infested with lice. And it was because of that, because of that seemingly curse, that really it, it was a blessing. They were able to strengthen their walks with Christ. We've all got lice issues, prayerfully, not, you know, just an illustration, but we all have lice issues in our lives, things that so seem to be a curse, but one day we'll find out that truly it was a blessing. So if all things are working together for the good, then what things are you not thankful for? Since all things work together for the good, then what things would you not be thankful for? Keeping in mind that it's never about the thing, but it's about the God who uses things within your life. If you're not sure of what the things are that are working together for the good and what things to be appreciative of, well, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the preacher gave a little list. Again, has to do with the ebb and flow of our lives, but he says in chapter 3, verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And all these things we must learn to give thanks maybe we'll never understand the reasoning and the purpose behind these things, but as all things work together for the good, I see God's hand in how he uses these things, and I need to be thankful. Now again, not just being thankful for things and occurrences, but being thankful for the one who uses these things and these occurrences to do a work in the lives of men and women. Psalmist said, King David, in chapter 7, verse 17, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. So when it comes to actually thanking the Lord, what kind of thanks do you exercise? Is it in proportion to the goodness of God? Now today, most of you, I, I would think I would feel safe, all of you, you're going to have a pretty good meal today. If you're unable to have that, if you'll let us know, we'll provide one for you. But... You're going to be sitting there, and you're going to be looking at this table. And this table, my daughters have been cooking for a couple of days now, so I know that that's how it's going to be. We're going to my daughter Chelsea's house. And so as you look at this table, it's just going to, have, it's going to be overflowing with food. However many people you're there, you're probably going to have more food there than you're able to eat. Now, where did this food come from? Well, I worked hard, I got paid, and we went and bought it down at Stater Brothers or wherever it is. No, it, it all came from God. Because if God says no more food, it doesn't matter what Stater Brothers does or how hard you work, there's not going to be any more food. 
And so what we see here is the providence of God, how he has opened up his cornucopia and how he has blessed us. And so you see on that table the magnitude of the blessings of God and, and what God has done for you and what God has given to you. Now, I mean, you should see that in all things, but we've got this illustration for what we're celebrating today. Now, looking at all what God has done and how he has blessed you, and you have that, that visualization right before your eyes, how have you responded in kind? See, God's given this physical example of his blessings. Can you give the same thing back to him in, in thankfulness? Does your thankfulness match what is sitting there on that table before you? I mean, not that we ever really could, but just to see the expression of your heart before a holy God. To me, the proof is in the gravy. The gravy, yeah, that's stuff that we pour on our food. And Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, that we are to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding there, it means excessive. Have you excessively thanked the Lord? Doesn't mean excessive beyond reason, but have you thanked the Lord excessively? So I have my little mini illustration, all the food that I'm able to fit upon my plate. Now, abounding in thanksgiving, excessive thanksgiving, well, what kind of gravy person are you? Now, I don't mean the kind of gravy, but just, you know, most of us, it's kind of a traditional thing, we'll have gravy. Now, my wife will kind of carve out a little thing in the mashed potatoes, a little pool in the mashed potatoes. I do the same thing. You kind of make that pool, and then she'll fill it up with gravy. What I do is, I fill it up with gravy, and I just keep pouring. And it overflows, and it overflows into the turkey and everything else. I'm kind of an excessive gravy kind of a person. And so that's the illustration, and I want you to keep that thought as you're having your meal today, that, that everything that God has given you, now you're making this personal because we're looking at the plate because I don't want anybody to pour gravy all over the whole table. It's not a good thing. But over your plate, and our thanks is that gravy. It, it, it needs to be excessive, flowing over all of the blessings of the Lord. Our appreciation could, should cover everything that God has done for us. Not that God needs it, but God so desires it. God so desires the, to hear from you in prayer, but also for you to be appreciative of the things that he has done. So you've got that little illustration. The food, God's provision, the gravy would be your thanks. Secondly, after the directive that we are to thank him for everything, we have the dynamic of thanks. Again, verse 18 of chapter 5, in everything, it's just simple, in everything, give thanks. The dynamic of a life that is unthankful and ungrateful is a selfish existence that refuses to acknowledge the hand of God. We live in such a country today that refuses to acknowledge the hand of God. We have a very, generally speaking, unthankful nation. Unthankful nation. We live in a society that has become very selfish and of the mindset of being entitled to much. But in actuality, we're deserving of nothing. Instead of service-orientated, we have become service-expectant. We desire things to have it our way when we want it and exactly how we want it. We expect a cornucopia of blessings to flow into our lives without the necessary actions of obedience that would cause them to come. We live in such a nation that as God has blessed to such a degree, we, again, I'm not saying you, we, but we as a nation, 
have taken these things for granted. Now, I didn't write it down this year to read it to you, but when President Lincoln wrote the proclamation of Thanksgiving, when the holiday was established, the holiday was established in the middle of the Civil War. And for the majority of the Civil War, it didn't, now the North won, as we all know, but it didn't go so well for the North. And there was hundreds of thousands of people that were killed on the battlefield, but also through disease. The South seemed at times that they were going to prevail, especially in the middle of it. Gettysburg was a turning point. This was right after Gettysburg, but nonetheless, it so easily could have gone according to the South's way. Um, Lincoln had an election in the middle of the Civil War, and it was just by the hand of God that he won because people were just sick and tired. But it was in the midst of that that Lincoln learned to count his blessings. He saw that regardless of the Civil War, still people were prospering. Business was doing well. The, the, the borders of the United States of America, they continued to expand westward. And, and in all of the, the hardship and the difficulty of this nation being torn apart, he saw that God's still in it. And, and see, that's what makes it all worthwhile. For a person that learns to count their blessings, you see how God moves in your life, even if it's just in the little things. And as long as God's hand is revealed in the little things, you know, as far as your life, God's in it. And if God's in it, who can be against it? And so learn to see those things, because as you see God's hand moving, you realize that, that God is still with me, and he's still for me, and he's still working in my life. What else do you really need? What else do you really want? Learn to appreciate those things. And so the dynamic nature of a thankful spirit will cause praise to be a central way in how we perceive life because praise is a wonderful display of a thankful heart. Praise is a wonderful display of a thankful heart. It's in praise and the capacity of our worship that we recognize once again God. That's when we can truly sing songs and not just singing songs or doing entertainment but truly open up our heart to worship of the Lord as we understand the goodness that God has bestowed upon us. So this day that we have set aside for the giving of thanks, count your blessings and consider the source. And consider the source has given these things just simply based upon grace. Again, not that any of us have deserved these things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And my God shall supply all of your need, all of your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you're having trouble recognizing God's hand in your life, if you're having problems recognizing God's blessings in your life, I have a little bit of a starter list. Now, I don't know most of your lives in that detail, but I do know God in detail as he has revealed himself to us and he has revealed himself to us through his promises. And so I've got a starter list of promises that, well, it's just something meant for you to be, or for you to build upon. Our God has promised to give us rest, to supply all of our needs, to guard our hearts and minds. He has promised us a future and a hope. We are partakers of his divine nature, that all things will work together for his good. He has promised power to the weak, strength to the powerless, no condemnation to the repentant sinner, eternal life for all who call upon him, and he promises to love in which we cannot be separated from. There's a lot more. You've got to dig in to find them. 
Now, I'm sure there's a lot more that you have experienced personally based upon these things. Learn to embrace them. God wants to bless you. He wants to work in your life. He wants to give you good things based upon his definition of good things, but he does want to give you good things. Understand these things and be receptive of them and then be appreciative of them because it's then that we understand truly who God is. And once you understand truly who God is, then you'll be able to express the goodness of God through your life, in your speech, and in your manner of action. The directive for thanks, the dynamic of thanks, and lastly, we have the doctrine of thanks. Again, chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For everyone who has ever desired for God to reveal what his will is in their life today, you've come to the right place because he has answered your prayer. It's his desire. It's the will of God that you give thanks in everything. It's God's desire that you be prayerful in everything and that you find joy in your relationship with him. Now, just maybe, he's waiting for you to get this one down in order to reveal more of his will in your life. But if we don't get the preliminary things down, do you think he's going to reveal more? Lord, I just want to know what your will is. Well, I've spelled them out for you here. As Pastor Mike told you about them, it's to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in everything. Once you get those down, I guarantee you, he'll give you more. He'll give you more. He'll give you more than you're able to handle. In Job chapter 10, verse 12, Job recognized in the midst of his hardship, you have granted me life and favor, and your care has preserved my spirit just recognizing the goodness of God in the midst of the trials that he was experiencing. So doctrinally speaking, we thank him. We thank him because he has taken us out of the world. The world, all that is contrary to him. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 2, And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? He's speaking of the high priest, but he has plucked you from the fire as well. That God reached down from his throne room in heaven and saved your soul. Thank him for that. It is he, secondly, who brought you through the wilderness time. Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He brings us through the difficult days and the hard times. Again, if you're sitting here, think of all the difficulty when you thought it was over. Think of it when you thought nobody could ever help you or, or this was going to be the end. You're here now, and it's not the end. And even when we do come to the end, death is but a shadow and a passageway into eternity with him. Thank God for that. And then thirdly, it is he who keeps you in your Christian walk or your Christian life. For me to humble myself to bring myself to a lowly state is to make me vulnerable, but I make myself vulnerable before the one who loves me, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think, that cares for me tremendously and, again, has given me this future and a hope. 
So in proportion to the degree that he has lavished his love upon you, lavish your appreciation and adoration upon him. It's the will of God that you be thankful. It's the will of God that you celebrate. God has given us this day that we can be, well, we look at gluttony as a sin. Today, it's more of a command. You must celebrate in that manner. I mean, and the idea was, is, is that you go and you see these blessings that are upon your table. You see the magnitude of the blessing, the food that God has provided. And, and as you're literally eating it and stuffing yourself, the idea is, is that God has provided for me to such a degree that no more is necessary. Nothing else is necessary. You see, this food that he has given me and I've been able to partake of, again, I'm giving you permission Stuff yourself to the gills, because the idea is is that God has given me more than I could ever have dreamed of, more than I could ever ask for, and definitely more than I deserve. And as we do these things, we do so, again, it has to be in the recognition of Him. Paul goes on to write, in Saint, still in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-24, through 24, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Father, we just thank you for this day that you have given us, that you have blessed us in. I just pray, Father, for the people that are here, that we would truly recognize the magnitude of the blessings that you have given us. And Father, we would respond in kind, in a spirit of thanks. I pray, Father, for those who are going into households of unsaved family and friends, that you would fill them with your spirit, Lord, that you would give them opportunity. And, Father, we would see that this opportunity is, is available to us to be that witness and to be that represent, representative of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, again, we just humbly come before you and we just simply offer our thanks and all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. We lift these things to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You all stand, please. Just a couple of announcements before you get out of here. First, you can now eat pumpkin pie. It's official because it's Thanksgiving. So we have some out there. Don't eat all the pumpkin pie because I never get any. But you can have some pumpkin pie. And you have my permission to now start listening to Christmas carols. That's okay as well. <laughs> Uh, Sunday morning, we're going to be back in the book of Titus. Sunday evening, don't come to church. Tonight, don't come to church because we're not going to be open. We will not have service tonight, and we are taking Sunday night, Sunday p.m. service off as well. Uh, woman's dessert is on December 6th. That's a, I believe it's a week from this coming Tuesday. Ladies, we need to get you signed up for that if you're going to be coming. And then Operation Christmas Child, to, uh, Monday morning, Jim and Dee, took all the boxes over to the distribution center and we had collected, not just our church, because we're a collection point, but over 1,800 boxes. And so that's a blessing. Um, I don't know how many our church provided, but it was a definitely a significant amount. And just keep it up in prayer what the Lord wants to do with that. Other than that, happy Thanksgiving. God bless you guys. <laughs>